We're going to continue now in our time of worship by opening up the Word of God. And as a church community, we've actually been on this journey in the book of Proverbs, a journey that we're calling Wisdom in Action. And as a community, we're actually taking action. Last week, we did our introduction to the book of Proverbs, so I just want to encourage you to go back to last week's sermon if you missed it and get caught up on just the context and the background in the book of Proverbs as well. But in the month of August, we're doing what we're calling the Proverbs 31 Challenge. There are 31 days in the month of August and 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. So every single day as a church community, we're diving deep into the book of Proverbs, chapter by chapter, day by day. And there's been some amazing church reflections already on the different uh, group channels that we have. And we want to invite you to take part in that personally, but also as a community as well. And every single week while we're in the book of Proverbs, we're going to be hearing some of those reflections um, from members in our church community. And this morning, we have the privilege of hearing from our brother, Andrew Belandron. He's going to share just a brief reflection on this journey of wisdom that we are all on together in the book of Proverbs. So let's go ahead and welcome Andrew and hear this reflection that he has for us this morning. Thank you, Pastor Carlos. My reflection will be coming from uh, Proverbs 4. And something that stood out to me in this uh, passage was in, was in verse 5 through 9. Verse 7, it says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. This makes me feel as if I can, I can pray over and over again all I want for wisdom from God. But if he call, he's called me to go and get wisdom and to get understanding. If we don't really know how to obtain it, the Lord tells us in verse 5, which is get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth, which he's clearly making, uh, making a statement of saying that true wisdom comes from him and the word of God. I, I think that's something that we could all get better at and constantly grow towards is obtaining more wisdom through the Word of God. And it's something that we can all easily do every day as we read the Bible. So, thank you. The wisdom of God available for all those who seek it. Humility, openness, and surrender are the keys to seeking God's wisdom, the fear of the Lord. Today's scripture reading is from the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. You can follow along in your Bibles or hear God's word read aloud. Let's hear now with open ears and open hearts from the word of God. Proverbs, chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart 
and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Oh God, we thank you so much for the well of wisdom and the access to wisdom that you give us, Lord, by the power of your precious, precious word. We pray this morning that you would make us wise, Lord. That's what we need. We need your good news without the noise, without the distraction, Lord. By the power of your Holy Spirit, grow us in wisdom today, we pray. Make us new, O God. Lord, we do believe, as your word says, Lord, that Jesus is wisdom in the flesh. So today we confess and we hold on to Jesus, our Lord, and we pray, Lord, that you would give us wisdom, Lord. Make us reflectors of you, O God. And Lord, I just pray that today you would just give us that posture. Make us, help us to make that attitude adjustment this morning. That we would be able to begin with that openness, that humility, and that surrender toward you today, God. Do something new in us this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the key themes that we see in the book, in the book of Proverbs is that in this life, there are different paths to take on this journey that we call life. The book of Proverbs really reveals to us that life is not simply a problem that needs to be solved, but life is a story that we live in. Life is a journey that we are on. And on this journey of life, there are going to be occasions and opportunities every single day to exercise a very unique power that we have as human beings created in the image of God. You and I have the power of choice. The power to make choices to build up, the power to make choices to tear down, the power to make choices to flourish, the power to make choices to really lead to self-destruction, you and I have the power of choice. We're created in the image of God, and God is free. God has a will. God has choices. And as human beings, that's what sets us apart from uh, every other part of creation. We have the power of choice and the power of will. The power to build, the power to tear down. And in the book of Proverbs, we see that there are a number of different paths that we can take when it comes to our choices. And the two primary paths that we can take are, on the one hand, there's the path of wisdom, of God's wisdom. And God's wisdom begins with the attitude that says, Lord, thy will be done. Your will be done. That's the path of, of godly wisdom that the Proverbs is inviting us into. But then there's another path that we can make with our choices as well. And we're offered these choices on a daily basis, sometimes multiple times a day. 
And the other path is what Proverbs calls the way of folly or wayward wisdom or worldly wisdom, which will lead to death and self-destruction. The pathway to worldly wisdom starts with an attitude as well. It's an attitude that says, my will be done. Solomon, the author of the Proverbs, he um, is, is uh, very key and critical in the Proverbs because he wrote most of them. He served as the third king of the ancient kingdom of Israel. He was the, the son of, of David. And uh, we learned a little bit more about his context last week as well. And uh, Solomon experienced in his life both times of brokenness and times of blessing and flourishing. Solomon, we attribute uh, a lot of the Proverbs to him. And in fact, we attribute a lot of the books of wisdom to Solomon as well. Primarily three books that he's best known for are the Songs of, Song of Solomon, Ecclesiastes, and Proverbs. This summer, we're taking a closer look into the book of Proverbs. David was the father of Solomon, and um, as we've established before, and we gave a lot more context on this last week, but David was known as a man after God's own heart, and in many ways it can be said that Solomon was known to be a man after God's own mind, because Solomon's goal in life was to seek God's wisdom. He sought to know the ways of God and the mysteries of the wisdom of God, and then not to just hoard that to himself, but to share that with others. God's wisdom is made available to those who seek it. As we established last week as well, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the fear of the Lord is an attitude that begins with humility, with openness, and surrender to God. And that's an attitude that leads to obedience, and obedience is wisdom in action. The wisdom of God begins with taking captive every thought that we have to make it obedient to Christ. This taking captive of our thinking leads to obedience, and obedience is wisdom in action. And the fact is that Solomon didn't always live up to this. There were times where King Solomon was left lacking. But remember, where King Solomon is left lacking, our King and Lord and Savior Jesus Christ picks up the pieces and fulfills the call of obedience and wisdom in action. Jesus was obedient all the way to the cross for our sake. The cross is the power and the wisdom of God displayed for all to see. In fact, and we're going to reflect on this passage a bit more during this message, but as it says in 1 Corinthians, the cross is a stumbling block to some. It is foolishness to others, but the cross and the resurrection of Jesus is the wisdom of God on display. That's why in the month of August... We're taking an opportunity to learn about this path that the Proverbs invite us into, a path of wisdom. Not worldly wisdom, but God's wisdom, a wisdom that takes action. Right now, in this time and place that we find ourselves in, 
in a time such as this, in a place such as this, in the culture as it is, in society as it is currently, we need wisdom. We need God's good news without the noise, without the distraction. We see throughout the Bible that there's this constant pattern of connection with uh, different parts of the Bible, different scriptures. And in fact, there's this uh, deep connection between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Really, all, all the, way, the way that those two parts of the Bible are distinguished are the Old Testament are what happened before Jesus. And the New Testament is what happens after Jesus comes into the world. He comes he, in the incarnation. He, he, he dies. He rises again. And we have new life in him. But there's this constant connection between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the best way I've learned to really explain that rhythm or that pattern that we see that connects the Old Testament and the New Testament is in what I like to call the rhythm of origin and fulfillment, where the Old Testament is the origin of the promises and the covenants of God. And then we see the action of God or the fulfillment of those promises and of those covenants in the New Testament. We see here also with the books of wisdom, Proverbs in many ways is the guide to wisdom and then in the New Testament, we go beyond a guide to wisdom. We have a compass to wisdom. We come to understand that uh, wisdom is really took on human flesh in Jesus. Jesus as wisdom in the flesh, and we have access to God's wisdom when we trust and when we abide in Jesus Christ. We see in the scriptures a deep connection of, again, the origin of, of, uh, of wisdom and the book of Proverbs as a guide to wisdom. But then we see in the New Testament different points where we see the fulfillment of wisdom and we go beyond just wisdom as a guide that Proverbs gives us. And we start to understand wisdom as a compass and wisdom as a person. And in the New Testament specifically, there's a short book in there uh, entitled the book of James. And James finds a way to really connect this pattern together, the origin of wisdom and the fulfillment of wisdom. James actually doesn't care about, you know, only the, the you know, superficial knowledge or information, but James is most interested in pointing people to eternal wisdom from above. James is most interested in teaching people how to live out wisdom in action. The book of James is not just a new theological teaching, but he wants to confront and challenge the way that we as followers of Jesus live our lives. He wants to take us beyond just information. But the book of James calls us to a wisdom that is lived out, a wisdom that is tangible, a wisdom that can be felt and experienced. The book of James is heavily influenced by two key sources, very much influenced, we see in James' writings in the New Testament, heavily influenced by the teachings of Jesus 
on the Sermon on the Mount, but also the teachings of Jesus in general. But then we also see the very significant and clear influence in the book of James as it connects to the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament. James, as I like to call it, and as some uh, uh, Bible scholars have called it before, James is a new book of Proverbs in the New Testament. James is most interested in looking at what, uh, at what living a life of wisdom actually looks like. Not just sitting around talking about wisdom, but actually living it out. Especially in light of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. How can wisdom go beyond just a guide and wisdom now be a compass for our lives through the person of Jesus Christ? James seems to tie it all together. The book of Proverbs actually tells us that God created the world by his wisdom. In the book of Proverbs chapter 3, verse 19, we read the following. It says, By wisdom the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding he set the heavens in place. That means that God became like us and came to the earth as Jesus. By wisdom, God created the foundations of the earth. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. That means that the God that we worship is wise. He is intelligent. He's not a fool. Any kernel or experience of wisdom and intelligence that we have is just a reflection of God's eternal wisdom. And it was by his wisdom that the Lord laid the earth's foundations. The book of John actually tells us in uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 14, that the word became flesh. That this same wisdom, this same word, became like us and came to the earth as Jesus. The same wisdom that laid the foundations for the earth and for all of creation became flesh in Jesus Christ. God's wisdom became a person. That's part of what James tries to uh, remind us of. In James chapter 1, verse 22, he says, Humbly accept the word planted in you. The word that can save you. Humbly accept this wisdom. Remember, godly wisdom begins with humility. With humility, openness, and surrender. Humility and openness and surrender is, a, is really a three-part stool that leads to the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom the fear of the Lord is obedience, and obedience is wisdom in action. The wisdom of God became flesh, and that same wisdom can become flesh in us. It can become a part of our flesh. It can become a part of our being, of our DNA, of our heart, and of our mind. The wisdom of God can be implanted in us. That means that when we place our faith and our trust in Jesus, wisdom goes beyond just being 
nice information or guidance, but wisdom is a person, a person that we have access to, a person that abides in us. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we have access to this wisdom. It's become a a habit of mine in my pastoral ministry, but also just as a disciple, whenever I have to enter into a hard conversation with someone or a hard circumstance or situation, to just pray and ask and seek and cry out for God's wisdom. I've oftentimes found myself making these very brief and short but profoundly special prayers, which have been just asking the Lord to fill me with wisdom, humility, and love. And by the power and mystery of the Holy Spirit, we can get connected and have access to that godly wisdom in Christ. James, he had a very unique account of this. He had a firsthand account. Because James, in uh, the, the, the author of the book of James, he is actually the half-brother of Jesus. He grew up with Jesus and with the book of Proverbs. I just want you to think about that for a second. Jesus is wisdom incarnate, wisdom in the flesh. But Jesus, as a, as, as a young person, as a, as a child, and as a young man, as, as he was studying the scriptures, he studied the book of Proverbs as well, just as we're studying it in this month of August. In Jesus, James saw and experienced wisdom in the form of a person. And James passes that, that on directly to us. And there's so much wisdom in the very short book in the New Testament that I like to call the, full, the fulfillment of the book of Proverbs. So much wisdom in that book. And we get a taste of that even in the very first chapter. In James chapter 1, verses 19 to 25 We read the following. It says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. The book of James points to wisdom as a compass, wisdom as a person, wisdom in action. The book that James wrote is not just a a theological argument. That's why it's very frustrating for many 
theologians. I, I studied theology for many years, and I've been in many theological arguments, but the book of James is not interested in that so much. But the book of James is actually a new book, a fulfillment of the book of Proverbs, where we see James write out these short but deeply profound gems of wisdom. The goal of the book of Proverbs, the goal of the book of James, is that we as God's people would not only know about wisdom, but that we would live out wisdom that we would live it in our lives, in our words, and in our actions, that we would seek true wisdom, that we would be like Jesus. And to be like Jesus is connected to devotion to Jesus. We will be like who we, we will be like what we are devoted to we will be like who we are devoted to. So if we want to be like Jesus, that's directly connected to our devotion to Jesus. The wisdom of God made flesh, that same wisdom that laid the foundations of the earth, that same wisdom can be made flesh in us. Wisdom can be made flesh in you by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the one who connects us to God, who connects us to each other, wisdom can become a reality for each one of us. In verse 19, James reminds us once again, chapter 1, verse 19, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Here we see a few of the key traits and, uh, and a few of the key principles and the key markers of godly wisdom. What do we see here? Of some of the key traits of godly wisdom. First, we see that wisdom accepts reality. Wisdom starts here, here and now, in reality. This is where God's hanging out, in the present, in the, the realness of the moment to moment. God is not in the regrets of the past. God is not in the fears of the future, but God meets us in the present here and now in reality. Wisdom begins in reality. Wisdom is not in the escape. Wisdom is not in the fantasy. Wisdom begins here and now, and God meets us here. Then another trait of eternal wisdom, according to this passage that we just read in James 1, 19 to 20, is that Wisdom is not hurried. Wisdom is not in a rush. And in fact, wisdom is often slow. <laughs> As it says here so beautifully and so powerfully in this passage, be slow to speak, slow to anger, quick to listen. Wisdom is often slow and wisdom often requires patience and wisdom requires process. 
For many of us, 2020 has been a year unlike any other year. And I think about some of my prayers on New Year's Eve uh, of, of uh, 2019, December 31st, 2019. And I don't know if there's others that prayed something similarly. I would ask God at times to actually uh, teach me patience. Who here in our church community, who perhaps was like me and prayed for patience before the pandemic? Well, that's a dangerous prayer because now we all have an opportunity to grow in the virtue of patience. Wisdom is patient. Wisdom is often slow and requires process. The wisdom of God begins with humility. And humility reminds us that we cannot save ourselves. It is not my will be done, but it is thy will be done. Your will be done, O God. We trust you. You are our living hope. Wisdom begins with that humility that we cannot save ourselves. It is only the Word of God, the Word incarnate, the Word in flesh, the wisdom of God, Jesus Christ, which can save us. It is only Jesus, the, the God's wisdom on display, that can restore us, heal us, and guide us on this journey called life. And the wisdom of God looks quite different than the wisdom of the world. That's an ongoing theme in the book of Proverbs. God's wisdom and worldly wisdom are oftentimes polar opposites. The world says, hurry. God's wisdom says, slow down. The world says, lash out in your anger. God's wisdom says, be slow to anger. Lean not on your own understanding. One of the key themes of the book of Proverbs, as we read it just earlier today, Proverbs 3, 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. We'll close with a focus on this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 to 21, and then verses 23 to 31. And I'll warn you, this is a very long passage, but just we're going to let it sit and soak in each one of us. We're going to trust in the Lord and not lean on our own understanding. You're going to be invited to not lean on your own understanding this morning, but instead lean and rest in the wisdom of God. This passage shows us how different these two paths are. The wisdom of God and the wisdom of the world are two very different pathways. So now let's hear now with open hearts and open ears from this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 to 21, and then 23 to 31. And it's going to be our closing verse, so you can follow along in your Bibles, or you can hear God's word read aloud. It'll be on your projector, on the projector screen as well. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 18 to 21, the path of godly wisdom, the path of worldly wisdom. And it says this, For the message of the cross 
is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it, the cross, is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent. I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. But we preach Christ crucified. Hallelujah. A stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But in those whom God has called, he's called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us Wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, our holiness, and our redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Amen. The path of godly wisdom, the path of worldly wisdom are two very different paths. Proverbs 3.5 says it so simply yet so profoundly. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. We will boast not in ourselves or in the wisdom of this world, but we will boast in the Lord. We will abide in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Let's pray together. Lord God, we pray this morning that you would implant your word in us. Plant that word, God. Plant your wisdom in us so that it would go beyond just a guide, go beyond just information, but that your wisdom in our DNA, Lord, in our veins, in our blood, in our hearts, in our minds, Lord, would just be, take flesh in us, God. Would it be a compass? Would it be a way of life, God? 
to seek godly wisdom. Plant it in us, God, and bear much fruit, we pray, Lord. Right now, we pray, God, as a, as a church community. We pray, God, for just those starting new fall routines. And right now, Lord, I want to pray especially for families, for parents with young children. It's been months and months now, Lord God, and I just pray for your strength, your perseverance, your wisdom, your peace to be with the parents of Imago Church and of those connected to Imago Church as well, Lord. I pray for all the young students, God, who are having to continue to just find different and unique ways of either distance or virtual learning, Lord. It's not easy, God. But your promise is not that it'll be easy. Your promise is that you will never leave us or forsake us and that we have access to your ways and to your wisdom here and now, no matter what the circumstance may be. Lord, I pray, God, for students. I pray for teachers in our congregation and in our, in our city and in our, in our state and nation, Lord, that have been trying over and over again to try different things, but it feels, Lord, like there's just one barrier after another. I pray, Lord, for those in the food industry and in the ag industry, Lord, those working in the background, Lord, to help keep things going during this unprecedented time, Lord. For those in the medical field, God Almighty, and I pray for the households as well, for the families at Imago, those connected to Imago, Lord. I pray for families in general, God. Bind us together, Lord, with cords that cannot be broken, united in you. I pray for the marriages in our church, Lord. It's been High, high stress, high strain in many ways, Lord, and we want to be real about that and name that, God. But we pray that you would be the buffer between different spouses, between different family relationships, God. We pray for this season of new beginnings for so many, Lord, in, in very unique and, um, and very unexpected times, Lord. Lord, the one thing we can hope for and expect is your continued faithfulness, Lord. You have been faithful, you are, and you will continue to be, Lord. As your word says, every good and perfect gift is from above, Lord, coming down from the Father of lights. So, Father of lights, you delight in giving us your wisdom. So that's what we're seeking this morning, Lord. Pour it down on us, we pray. Fill us with more of you, God. Give us wisdom, give us truth, give us courage to walk in obedience, Lord. That obedience in Christ. Guide us, O oh God. Meet us here, broken and blessed. Take us somewhere new. Lead us today, Lord. Take the wheel. You lead, we will follow. Not our will, but your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.